Father, it is my prayer at this time that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the hearing and understanding of those present would be acceptable in your sight now and forevermore. Amen. I'm going to start with the scripture this week because I've noticed there have been a couple weeks recently where I get so excited about preaching I forget to read the Bible. And it's not much of a worship service if we don't read some Bible, is it? Well, no. I did manage to remember by the end, but we're going to start with it this time. Now, this isn't the scripture passage that's in the bulletin, but I'm going to get to that one later, hopefully, if I, unless I forget. I'm going to start uh, with Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 31 to 46. This is the parable of the sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on the throne of, of in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put his sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is a passage of scripture we often hear, at least 
I, in my life, particularly lately, have heard this a lot when they're trying to uh, recruit people, particularly into prison ministry. Because there's that passage in there about how uh, the righteous before God visit the prisoner. But it's really a lot more to it. We're talking about the idea of the least of these and how important it is for us to look after the least of these, whoever they may be. Maybe not the poor, but at least the lonely. And as Christians, we're called to look after these people. I heard someone point out that uh, Jesus spent his entire ministry chasing after the people that most of us try to avoid. And I think that's kind of accurate. Because as, as, as human beings, there are people in our lives that we try to avoid. People that are not desirable to be around for one reason or another. The, the least of these. And they're the kind of people we're supposed to look after. Robin and I used to attend a church where this particular passage was brought up every year at our annual meeting just to make sure the church was doing a good job. They would go through this as a checklist to see if the church was doing the things it should be doing. And I guess that's okay. But as I was reading through this recently, I got to the passage where at the end of Jesus telling the sheep, here are the wonderful things you did for me, and the sheep seemed confused. When did we do these things for you? Now they know they did these things, but when did we do these things for you? You see, they did these things without expectation. Because let's face it, if you, if you do favors for some of these people, they don't have the capacity to pay you back. But God pays us back for these things. Now, I'm, I'm going to say right away now, I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting that, you know, you know we, we, we don't get to heaven by the things we do. I think we do these things because we expect to go to heaven. These are the kinds of things that we can do to help the world recognize that we're Christian without saying that we're Christian. And you know, I think there's a lot of people that worry about if they're doing a good enough job. Do you ever worry that maybe you're not doing enough? But hopefully we're doing these things. And one of the best examples of worry about this, I think I ever came across, um, I was reading a story a few years ago. Um, I think we've all heard of Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, the children's TV show host from here in Pittsburgh. This was his neighborhood. As he was on his deathbed talking with his wife just days before he died, he asked her, am I a sheep? Mr. Rogers was worried about whether or not he was a good enough person. 
I can imagine, you know, so just imagine how I feel, because I know I'm not a good person. I know I'm not a good enough person. But the reason I'm bringing this up is I came across a man week before last who just gave me such hope. He gave me such hope in people in this time when I'm having trouble finding hope. I work at the county jail as a chaplain, and we get a lot of calls. It's, it's a, Allegheny County Jail is pretty big. There's a lot of people who work there, and it, it seems that the chaplain's office are the only ones that answer the phone. So we get phone calls for every department, it seems. They want us to call the other departments and have them call people because we actually answer the phone and we return calls. But I got a call. It was a man who said, hey, I'm looking for these two people. Can you tell me if they're there in the jail? Now, I said, I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. But let me call you back. I need to talk to my boss and find out if I'm allowed to do that. And I, I was thinking, I'm, I'm probably allowed to do that because it's public record that everybody's there is there. So I called my boss and I said, somebody called and they're looking for these two men. He wants to know if I can tell them if they're here. She says, you can tell them if they're there or not, but you can't give them any information. You can't give them any information other than that. But either a yes or no, they're there or they're not. So I did a little bit of digging and I found out one of them was there and one of them wasn't. So I called the guy up and I said, well, this one is here, this other one is not. He said, I want to thank you for, thank you for letting me know. He said, I used to be a corrections officer there at the county jail. I retired about five years ago and I've been just traveling across the country. And every time I'm back in Pittsburgh, I check up on some people that I know who are homeless. And these two guys are homeless men that I haven't been able to track down. They're not in the usual place. I just want to know if they're okay. The one guy's there, he said, I'm going to send some money to put on his account so he can get some shoes or whatever it is he needs. It really struck me that this guy's passing through town and the first thing he thinks of is I want to check on these guys that I know. I want to make sure these homeless men are okay. I want to make sure they're safe. I want to make sure they're being looked after. So I got a phone call from a sheep. And that made me think of something else as well. That not only lifted my heart to know that somebody's out there looking out for people, but I was also kind of put in mind of uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. 
That's that other verse we were, that I have. Uh, the one that's actually in the bullet. You're getting a two for today. Luke chapter 10, verses 27 to 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he answered. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to that place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took, to, took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return... I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. One of the things I think that we miss a lot of times in the story of the Good Samaritan is the relationship between the first man, the man who was robbed, and the Samaritan himself. You see, the first man was, was a Jew. And you would think that his countrymen, the priest and the Levite, the religious folks would help him out. But they didn't. They had excuses. But the Samaritan came by and helped him. Now, the idea of the Samaritan being a good neighbor is unusual for them because the Samaritan was from another country. Kinda. You see, we look back into, Jew into the history of Israel, and Samaria was once part of Israel. But after the death of King Solomon, way before any of this happened, Samaria was in the north, Judea in the south. 
the people we think of in the Bible as being the people of Israel or the people from Judea. They're from the south, south part of the country. And through various wars and conquests, the people of the north had been removed from the country. And while they were out, they intermarried with people from other nations within the different empires they lived in. And the people from the south, even when they got moved out of the country, they stayed pure. And then when everybody came back, they saw the Samaritans kind of as mutts. They were not real Jews. They were not completely the children of Abraham. So they often looked at the Samaritans with disdain. But this was the man who was good to him. Now I bring this up because the man I talked about previously who was a sheep was a corrections officer. Taking care of the prisoners. I have a friend who, when he found out I was working at the jail, he said to me, how are the guards? I said, what do you mean? He says, are the guards scary? Because I have a friend who used to work there in the medical department, and he said that he thought the guards were scarier than the prisoners. The guards mistreat the prisoners. Can you believe that? A little bit of power goes to your head. But here we see this man who used to be a guard who's looking after these guys. He's taking care of them. He's showing this love for his neighbor. His neighbor who happens to be the least of these. He's showing this love and mercy. And I just felt so good hearing this story, hearing that this man cared. It gives me hope for going forward. I've had a couple of run-ins with the guards. Nothing really bad. One of them was calling me Santa Claus, thinking that he was offending me in some way. Little does he know I am Santa Claus. I got one that just kind of got into my face. You know, what are you doing here? You don't belong in this part of the, the jail. I said, I'm the chaplain. He's like, oh, okay. But this man who would kind of be seen as the enemy, taking care of them. Doing not just the job he had been paid for before he was retired, but working for the Lord now. Gives me hope. Gives me something to work for. as I continue to work with the least of these. 
I have another example to follow. And I hope with all of us in our lives, as we see the least of these and recognize that they're our neighbors and recognize that God calls us to love and care for those around us, especially those who need it. It should be easy for us to understand who we are then. Sheep or goats. This program has been copyrighted under the Creative Commons Attributes Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. If you would like to contact Colin, please feel free to email colinroberts412 at gmail.com. This service is over. Your service may now begin. As we go from this place, let us go seeking the least of these. Not because it will gain us favor, but because they are our neighbors. And it is up to us to care for them. Amen.